Welcome to the DHG podcast series with a focus on life beyond numbers with topics about people, careers and flexibility. And now, here's your host, our Director of Corporate Communications and All Things Fun, Alice Gray Harrison. Welcome to the DHG podcast. I'm Alice Gray Harrison, your host, and I really love this venue because we get to hear from our people about the things that matter the most to them, flexibility, careers, and people. And today, I'm in Charlotte with Matt Snow, our CEO. About a week or so ago, we solicited questions from everyone at DHG to see if they had any questions for Matt and received some really great questions. And we're going to take a few minutes today to go through some of those questions. Welcome, Matt. Thank you. All right. So, At a recent, this is not from our Compass post, our intranet post, but rather this is a question that came from a recent DHG Leadership Academy meeting. I was fortunate enough to be there, and I thought this was such a good question. I had to ask you so that everyone could hear. Yes, here we go. So if you could measure only one thing throughout the firm, what would it be? Yeah, this was actually a really good question, and it was a stumper because you know, I never get prepared for these questions when they get asked to me. And I know the person asking the question and everybody else in the room thought, okay, here it is. I'm going to write it down. This is the one metric that matters. We've been wanting to know that one metric. And the answer was just not that simple in my mind. And, or, or I should say also that, you know, the answer was not the type of metric they were thinking about. It was not a financial metric. But I answered them pretty simply and shortly, and that was employee engagement. That was, for us, I believe, the one measure that matters the most. And and the reason is, if you think about it like a, a cascading effect, we have to have really strong, engaged, talented people in order to serve our clients very well. We have to serve our clients very well in order to perform at a high level as a firm. So if you roll that back, it all really starts with our people. And if we don't have them engaged, and if we're not aware of where they're not engaged and how we can get them more engaged, then the rest of the story really just doesn't work. And so I would say the one thing that I look to as a key measurement in the firm is our employee engagement. And we do that at least once a year. And it's data that I wait for almost as anxiously as our monthly financial results. That's awesome. And good setup because we do have a survey coming up later in July. And it is really important. And I think what you said speaks specifically to our mission. We have people first. That's right. Exactly. Simple as that. So here's one that came from our one of our employees. Does DHG leadership strive to become one of the next big four? If not... How big of a firm are we going to strive to become? Yeah, so I get asked this question a lot because we have, we continually grow. We cross over with the big four, not only in, in attracting talent, but also in clients and the work that we do. We compete against them a lot. And so, you know, I get asked a lot, do we want to be a big four firm? And the answer is, you know, pretty straightforward. No, we do not. That's really not a model that for us is effective for the strategy that we built here at DHG. You know, as everyone knows, you know, we're a, a, a firm of people first and then clients second. And not that, you know, not that Big Four may not strive for that. But, you know, for us to really be successful doing that, we think we have to be the right size firm. And big, in our mind, doesn't really translate into making that happen. So 
you know, for us, we think we're actually the perfect size uh, for where we are in the marketplace today and for where we see the marketplace going in the future. We do not aspire to be large, sprawling national firm. So you're not going to see us really in the foreseeable future pursuing, you know, mergers that would roll us up into being a billion dollar firm. You know, as I look out in the next three to five years, and I always share this with the partners at our annual partner meeting, as I look out three to five years, I can see us growing from where we are today, which is around 400 million to, you know, the 550 to 600 million, which is not dramatically different in terms of size and scope than where we are today. And that will be slow measured growth. It's not going to be big changes. But our size is important because it allows our partners to be closely connected to our people. It allows our leaders to be connected to both our partners and our people. And the bigger we get, the harder it is to manage and control that and to really drive the strategy the way that we want to. So no, we do not see ourselves as a future big four or, or even large national type firm. We, we think the where we are now is, is, is a great size uh, scope to fit in. Great. Thank you. So right now, my whole world is consumed by Fortune 100. You mentioned this in your town hall address, and we've brought this um, to our people uh, in the past few months that we are striving to make the Fortune 100 list sometime, you know, in the future, may not be this year. But why Why is this so important? Why are we focused on Fortune 100? Sure. Well, our real ultimate goal, you know, we say we're driving to Fortune 100, but our real goal is to show to the marketplace that we are a great place to work. We believe we're already there. I mean, our survey scores would tell you that the feedback that we get from our people, our processes are set up to make us a great place to work. So we don't hold ourselves out as being perfect by any means, but we do hold ourselves out to identify where we can improve, where we can you know, find areas quickly that we can work on and, and make them better. And that's what being a great place to work is all about. So we view the Fortune 100 as giving us both the discipline to show to the marketplace that we are a great place to work, but it also gives us the external validation, which I think is so important for our people to have pride that where they work is a top 100 place to work in the country. And I think it also gives our clients some sense of uh, confidence, more confidence in our people. You know, they already know us for the great work that we do, but it does add another seal of approval, if you will, that's widely recognized that that really helps us in interacting and engaging with our clients. Absolutely. So we talked about size earlier. Yeah. You know, this is really where the type of size metric that's much more important to us as a firm. It's not size in terms of, you know, volume of people and revenue and so forth, but quality mm-hmm. and being highly ranked in terms of quality and test set of size is much more important to us. So that's why, you know, we're really driving toward that that goal. Wow, that's really cool. So I have been fortunate enough to to work on Fortune 100 and our submittal probably will be well over 100 pages. And I know that I've written a lot of those words and I've read all of them. And it is it is truly humbling to me to read it and to take a step back because we all get caught up in our day-to-day actions. That's one reason why I love the town halls. It gives us a minute to step back and celebrate some of these great things that go on. But that um, submittal truly is a celebration of the things that make DHG truly special. That's great. Okay. So 
we've been we've been at this for two two years, right? CEO position for two years. Mm-hmm. What has been your most memorable moment? You know, I, I've thought long and hard about this. And again, Alice Gray, you always ask me for the one. And it's so hard <laughs> to narrow it down to the one. And actually, the one thing that really stands out in my mind that I look back on, it actually happened before I became CEO, but it was when I was asked to present my vision for the future of the firm and to all the partners. And it was in the fall of 2013, actually. So, But I remember when I finished that, I had no idea whether what I said was going to resonate with the partners or not. And I closed what I said with, you know, in, you know, in light of everything that I've said, my ultimate goal is for us as a firm to be one firm and for all of us to be united in where we're going into the future. And that was how I closed it up. And again, I had no idea how it would be reacted. And when I finished, it was almost like that one point sort of brought everyone together. And it wasn't, me saying it, but it was the notion and the idea that everyone joined together that we all want to be one firm. And so that for me, I still look back and I can remember that moment of just seeing the acknowledgement from people that, yes, that is what we want. And it actually, I go back to that a lot when I think about what grounds us and what we want as a partnership going forward. And so, you know, that that moment stands out. Now, there have been other ones, too. So don't just <laughs> narrow me down to that one. But I'll just highlight that one particular moment. I wish everyone could have seen it and been there. That's great. Okay, so for my next question, I will not limit you to just one thing. I see a trend in my questions that um, we have here. But SEO, your days are full. I know they're full. I see you in and out. You travel tremendously have tons of meetings, you value your family time and, you know, do not sacrifice your family time. What are a few things that you do that give you energy for life? Yeah. So, you know, again, I'm glad you didn't say the one thing, but, you know, when I think about this question, it's really sources of energy for me at really two different times of the day. And one is in the morning. That's when I do my workout. I, I'm an early person, so I don't mind getting up and I try to sign up for a 615 workout class and I can be done by 715. That really does give me physical energy to sort of make a great charge into my day. So, you know, that's one thing. Anybody who hasn't tried early morning workouts, do it for two weeks and see if it doesn't change you. So for me, that's a big one. The second source of energy, and this is more physical, emotional, mental type of energy to really re-engage, is what I call my wind-down time at home. And so for us, it's usually sometime between, you know, I try to get home at no later than 6.30 if I can, but between 6.30 and I'll say 9 o'clock, that's another energy time for myself, my wife Patty, to really connect on what happened during the day, what's going on, you know, sharing problems, sharing successes, and it really helps bring a close to whatever happened during the day. And it's really a great wrapper, but that's a source of energy for me, you know, that I try to do every day. So yes, I do travel a lot. So, okay, what do you do about that? Well, we sort of have a rule. I try not to be out of town more than two nights a week for that very reason. And and the weekends are huge for us to really make sure that that we're planned. And so anyway, those two sources, the wind down at night that I have, that time at home with Patty, as well as 
my time with my workout in the morning very early. That's fantastic. I'm so glad you didn't say you drink six Red Bulls a day. <laughs> no, try to stay away from the caffeine. It's, it's what I call artificial energy. So, okay, so we're coming up on Father's Day, and you have two beautiful children who you are very close with, and I'm not going to limit it to one thing, but what's something that your children have, has, have taught you that, have, that have, has truly helped you as CEO? Yeah, so, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll allude to a couple things here, but, you know, I would say, you know, it's, it's not one lesson that occurred on one day, but I think my children are, a rem- and I have two, I have a daughter who's 25 and a son who's 21, and, and so they're, you know, grown and largely they're out of the house now, so we're empty nesters, but while they were growing up, and even more recently, they've taught me about the importance of remembering why am I here and what is my purpose? And it's so easy because we spend, you know, eight to 10 hours a day at the firm to think, well, this is my purpose. And my purpose is to be CEO of this firm. And yeah, for DHG it is, but that is a fixed period of time in my life. There's so much more going on in my life than just that. So I really, you know, my children have helped me realize that, you know, and I don't say they taught me this, but they have reminded me through their very presence, as well as my wife, that I'm here to help them build their lives and to have a valuable, you know, careers of their own and to build their own families and for Patty and I to have an enriched life. You know, one of the things that I've learned is to be thinking about, Who's going to be there on your 90th birthday? (laughs) Who's going to be celebrating it with you? And what things will they say about you? And my children help keep me focused on that because I really hope they're there when I turn 90 (laughs) and that they're saying good things about me. And at that point, yes, it will be memorable what happened at DHG while I was a CEO here, but it'll be more important about the impact that I had on their lives. And so that's really what my children do. They keep that in my head. And I can't say I've always been good about that, but for me, that's certainly been, you know, been an example. And and I will also say that, you know, more broadly for CEOs in the country, and especially male CEOs, I'm going to say, there was an article posted, I think today in the Wall Street Journal about the examples that, male CEOs should be setting for their families and for not only their families, but for their whole community at their companies. And by showing an adequate career life balance, and that's really the key to success and a fruitful life for everyone. And so they need to really be living that. And one of our team members here at DHG forwarded that to me and said, this is great, you should read it. But, but it really reminded me that of my need to be demonstrating my life beyond numbers to all of our team members and even to the broader community that this is really a healthy, sustainable lifestyle uh, for all of us. That doesn't mean we don't have tough times either. I don't want people to think I'm living in some dreamland here. <laughs> you know, actually, for as a matter of record, I worked this past weekend on Saturday, <laughs> but we had it planned out and it was part of our plan. But those things happen. That's part of our flexibility. It goes both ways. But in the long run, we do need to make sure that we're shaping our lives so that we're having an impact on um, a broader group of people than just the people we work with. That's fantastic. Um, well, those were all the questions I had for you. I hope that this Sunday, Father's Day, you get to do whatever it is that you want to do on I'm that day. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> and thank you so much for taking time out to share your thoughts with us around these questions. 
We appreciate it. Great. Thank you, Alice Gray. I enjoyed it very much. And I love talking to our people and hearing their questions and answering them. So Good. This well, great for me, too. This is great. Then we'll just make this a quarterly uh, podcast. Sounds like I a plan. I love it. Sounds like a plan. Thank you for listening to Life at DHG, our premier podcast series. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll tell your friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out our DHG blog for more great stories about our life beyond numbers. Join us next time for another edition of Life at DHG.